Praise the Lord. May God bless you and welcome to The Word Restores. This broadcast is sponsored by Restoration to Eternity with Christ Ministries and supporters like you. Our aim is to share with you what the Word of God is telling us about how we should live as victorious Christians. Listen, there's kingdom work to be done, but how can we do it if we are unprepared? We invite you to join us over the next hour. It is our prayer that you will be richly blessed as we pray with you, as we praise with you, and discuss topics of interest with our special guests. Let's get into today. This is this is Elder Jew of the Word Restores, and um, I'm thanking thanking each and every one of you for um, starting up with us today at four o'clock. Amen. Um, listen, I want to talk about a topic that we had been uh, we, we you know we've been having a lot of discussions on um, privately, but I feel as though it's a topic that's pretty close. Um, that I wanted to get into at the beginning of the pandemic. And um, I guess God, the Lord said, no, not yet, not yet. But in his time, um, he, he said uh, through the urging of the Holy Spirit that the time is right. So I'm sure during this pandemic, we've all experienced grief. And most of us have lost someone or something that's so close to us that it made us want to cry, even to cry out. And if not, uh, we know of someone who has been through a loss or even a series of losses, not just, you know, losing mom, but losing dad in succession. And then maybe a brother and a cousin. And, and this is like it's just piling on. So grief is all around us. Now, I want to say that grief was there before the pandemic, but it has now become heightened during this trying time. So the question is, do we as um, a body of believers have the basic tools necessary to understand the natural process of grieving or even to walk alongside those who are mourning their own losses? See, I'm not looking at throwing scriptures when we feel the one grieving needs comfort. I'm looking at empathizing with our brothers and sisters and even the non-believer at the point, at their point of their pain. So do we feel confident that, um, that those who are, uh, how, how best can I put it, that those who mourn know by our words and by our actions that they are really not alone during this grieving process. So I want us to talk, okay? And I do want us to, to, to speak with um, Dr. Nicole Calhoun, she, who's a doctor in ministry, and she's joining us um, from Ohio, amen? As we, um, and if not, let me know, as we wrestle with these questions and other questions that you may have um, concerning the process of grieving. And God bless you. God bless you, Sister Blocker. I see that uh, you are there with us, and I thank God for that. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. First, what I would like to do is um, to begin this broadcast with a word of prayer. But I want you to know that we also have a praying partner on this call with us. Amen. A Zoom, it's a Zoom call. And this is Sister Lizanne. And Sister Lizanne is also going to be praying as we go through this, this broadcast. But I, I want to um, thank you. I want to thank you, Lord, for allowing us to uh, to be at the point of this broadcast. I want to thank you, and I thank you, Lord, and I give you the honor, the glory, and the praise, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for us coming together that we may have a discussion on something that sometimes has been hidden. Sometimes it's been sort of. Um, covered up by, you know, God will provide and God will do this and God will and God will. When we have our human emotions, Lord, that are tugging away at us. So I'm asking you, Lord, as we go through this particular broadcast, for us to be able to have discussions, Lord, to have discussions, meaningful discussions that touches each and every one of my brothers and sisters where they need it, Lord. 
frame our words, Lord, Dr. Nicole's words, my words, frame even Sister Lizanne's prayer, frame the, the, the questions of the listeners, Lord. Please frame it so that we may even be able to, to, to hear you, Lord, loud and clear loud and clear in about this process of grieving. We don't know when the pandemic will end, but you know, Lord. So we're asking you to help us to go through, through this process in Jesus, hallelujah, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, amen. First and foremost, I've got to introduce Dr. Nicole Calhoun. And I want to say this before she says anything. She is my editor or was my editor on my journey through my doctor of ministry dissertation. So, and she's also, as I said before, a demon graduate at Ashland Theological Seminary. And her thesis was uh, related to grief. Um, as, as I wrote it here, and please correct me if I'm wrong, the title was Non-Death-Related Grief, the Church's Responsibility to Assist in the Healing Process. And listen, and this was years before we had the pandemic. Yes. So, amen. So welcome, welcome, Dr. Nicole. And I'm just going to leave it to you now to tell, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Amen. Um, thank you so much. And hello, Facebook family. A um, little bit about myself. I'm not used to talking about myself. Believe it or not, I am an introvert, but I love people. So it comes out a little bit better. Um, I've been um, working in the ministry for over 30 something years. And I noticed some things that were odd to me because I wasn't raised in the church. So um, not being raised in the church. So I wasn't um, institutionalized in the way the churches operate when it comes to grief and loss. And because I had so much loss and pain in my previous life before going to church, I was going to church for healing. I was going to church to look for answers. I was going to church to find God. I found that it it got to be a little hectic trying to maneuver the minutia of working around church people and, and, and how leadership understands grief. And so that actually, um, that, that was about 30 years of (laughs) navigating, navigating the church life and understanding how grief, loss and trauma affects us. Amen. Amen. And and you're going to hear me um, interrupt every once in a while because I want to say God bless you to Sister Sheila, Sister Vanessa, Mother Ollie, Myrie, Sister Brenda, all of who are looking at this broadcast. And I thank the Lord for it. I thank Thank the Lord. And I pray that you have some questions as we go along. Uh, I pray that you have some questions concerning uh, the grieving process, because I know that sometimes we have things on the inside of us. And I pray that you'll be able to bring them out as we go along in the name of Jesus. And if there is anything that you find that's not quite right in terms of the, the, the video or the audio, please make sure that you, you let us know so that we can you know, get, get that going for you. So thank you, thank you so much. Now I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna do it hopefully with your permission because um, this is your document. But in um, part of your introduction, um, you had uh, your poem that was called, that was Cry, amen? Yes. And what I wanted to do was just take um, the last two stanzas and I want to read it to, to set the tone for this discussion. Thank you so much. And, and it goes, cry, cry to mourn the death of life, a friendship, a mother, a father, a sister, brother, child, husband, or wife. Cry long, cry hard, but never inside. Then cry for the joy of a new life. Just cry. If only you would cry, hallelujah. Your new life is waiting for you to go ahead and cry. Amen. Oh, praise God. And that was written by Dr. Nicole Calhoun. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much. And and I think that it is, it's, 
you know, it's, it's so germane to this particular discussion because um, I do believe that sometimes we do have some repressed feelings and, you know, it is time for us to uh, let's, let's get it out. Let's get it out. Yes. Yeah. So I want to first level set our discussion on grief and grieving. And um, the first question that I have is, how do you define grief? I, I use grief, um, the definition of grief as a process. And that process can be set on or um, initiated by any loss. And when I say any loss, and, I, and that's one of the reasons why I, I say any, uh, one of the reasons why I say any loss is because it depends on the weight that it matters to you. Oh, praise God. See, if I say I lost my pen, and you tell me, you, you've got plenty of pens, here's another pen. But this is a pen that I may have bought, that I may have gotten from my mother, or it, yes. it, it shows the weight of it. So in understanding grief, you have to understand the weight that it carries. Mm-hmm. So to understand the weight that it carries, the, the listener must then get on the level of that person that is grieving. Yes. See? Okay, so I wanted to set that stage before I give a definition. And the definition of grief to me is the process by which we all go about initiating and enjoying the process of our sacred time with God to Hmm. prepare us for the loss. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So it's the preparation it's the preparation. Even though the loss has already occurred. Exactly. All right. So you, Say that again. You, okay. You can, you can actually, you can actually uh, grieve something that's getting ready to happen as well. See? Yes. So that's why I said the process of yes. someone that's on death row who knows that, that or someone who's chronically ill. Yes. That um, they, they, they know that something is getting ready to happen or um, a child can grieve, you know, wait till your father gets home, wait till your mom gets home. Oh, yes, but, yes, yes. You know, when you start to get into the mindset of the person, then you can understand better how that grief, how grief is then in that place. And Amen. I think sometimes we're so used to uh, compartmentalizing our, our, our uh, losses that we don't sit in it so that we can understand the level of grief that we're encountering. Okay. Praise God. Praise God. You know what? Um, I'm going to touch on something that you wrote on page 14. Okay. You wrote that grieving was one of the main elements that God used to assist you in the numerous cataclysms of your life. And then you added that the relief you could always find in each instance of the hurt you experienced you found in the grieving process. So how would you define the grieving process as opposed to grief? The grieving process. So grief is just understanding that there is a loss that's taking place that causes me emotional uneasiness. Okay. The grieving process is the journey Mm. And I've learned to enjoy the journey, but it it, it, it is a, ba- a very painful journey if you don't understand what you are going through. My Lord. So the grieving process is actually taking the hand of God and letting him walk you through. My what God. You. you understand that that's that's what I consider the grieving process. It's not something that you would do alone. It's sacred. It's holy. It is the opportunity for you to actually come to know who you really are, yeah. why, why you are made the way you are. Um, I, and I, I must say this, it is very painful. And that's why a lot of people don't venture off into it. However, it does reap a harvest because it pre- better prepares you for life. Oh, wow. You know, so- some people tell me, you're like, Nicole, um, how are you? What, what You look different. Yeah, life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you can grieve the way you looked, you know, 20 years ago. You know, like, yeah, you, know yeah. you can grieve um, that, uh, that lost opportunity. 
and then still carry it with you. But when you're going through the grieving process, you're taking the hand of God and allowing him to peel back all the elements that go inside of that grief. Oh, Lord of that loss they go inside of um the hurt the the disappointment the 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 uh lost opportunities you you're actually in my opinion it's a job thing because you're taking god to task you're yes. asking yes. him to spend time with you to understand some things yes yes you see you know, um, when you when you spoke of Job, uh, you did mention the relevance of the book of Job to your grieving process. And I, I want to know what can you share then about that relevance um, of, of, the, of the scripture um, to your process? A lot of times we hear, don't question God. Mm. You're a Christian, don't question God. And I beg to differ. He also calls me his friend. I'm no longer a servant. Yeah. So my grief allowed me, and, and, and I'm going to be real with you, okay? And people that know me, that are on Facebook, know that I am one of the realest people you ever want to meet. And when you deal with grief, you become very real and raw. And that's the purpose. See, that's the hidden diamond of grief. Mm. It is to get that pressure to be, make you become the diamond, to make you become who you're authentically created to be. So I don't make apologies for my thoughts, my visions, who I believe I am. Uh, I, I do have some people in my life that say, hey, um, girl, listen, you check yourself on this. But there's a, pos there's a process that I allow that even in dealing with the grief, and, and allowing it to peel off the layers that my mother put there, my friend put there, I put there, you know, that messes with your psyche, messes with your theology of who God really is. It takes you down to the bare bones of your faith. Okay. Do you really believe that God love you? You know, we say, oh, praise, praise God, you know, thank the Lord. But do you really truly believe that he love you? Okay. And if he loves you, why? Is he making you go through this? If God is all powerful, if God is all sovereign, why is he making me go through this? See, these are the real questions that we ask, but we're afraid to. Well, yeah. what that when when I read the book of Job in one day, mind you, with a box of tissue, oh. I had I had just had my mother pass away. Um, I had just had a major surgery that almost took my life. Mm. And my husband wanted a divorce all within two weeks because I was becoming a doctor. My God. The dissertation that I had originally worked on, which was for um, children of suffering and using liturgical arts, worship arts to heal. Scrap that. That was two years of research. I was ready to write. And you, you know, you write dissertations, you know, two years of research is a lot of work yeah. that was scrapped for this dissertation. And at first I didn't understand it. So I called God to task. I am a, a wife. I'm a mother. I am working on all these things for you, God. How could you let this happen? How, how why doesn't he want to stay married? And because I'm, I'm becoming a doctor, I'm doing what you told me to do, which mm -hmm. he actually prophesied me to do. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. everything, everything in my little box was turned upside down. But fast forward to now and understanding who I am as a woman that I am a, a gift to the universe, that God truly loves me un, undyingly. It was through my pain that I had to experience my walk with him where I, I put him to the, the task of, of proving his love to me in my grief. My Lord. And my I think that's what Job did. Job actually took the time in his grief to begin to pour out. And, and that's what, you know, grief, we have to spew out those things that are hurting us to God. Hey, how did you let this happen to me? Where were you at? What God is not, God is not um, a low self-esteem. You understand where he will go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you saying that to me. No, God is saying we're two-year-olds. You understand? We're two-year-olds and we're having a temper tantrum with the great almighty and he can handle it. He can handle it. He's big enough. He's, he's love enough. It does not decrease him for us to get an understanding of what he is doing in our lives. And, and I, I think that's where we miss it. Yeah. Go ahead. 
think that 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 is truly um, one of the issues that we continue to deal with, you know. And if it's not that, we try wrestling with God. We try, you know, um, not not just that He is Almighty God, but that um, wait a minute, God, you told me to do this. You know, it's it, it then becomes a challenge to God um, that turns uh, turns us into angry people. You know. While we are grieving, there's so many other emotions, and I want to get into that a little bit later, but there's so many emotions that go with it. You know, God bless you, Pastor Smith. And Pastor says, this is an important topic. And he, he, he says, thank you for my guest. God bless you. <laughs> and he says, God is good. What God, excuse me, God is a, is a good God and good when God, but not a good, oh, he's, he's a good when God, but not a good why God, you know, because for us, we, we are into um, what's going on, God, why, why, you know, um, so what, what Pastor is saying, he's good, uh, he's a good what God, you know, what's happening, God, when are you going to do it, God? But the good why, God, sometimes when you when you ask that why, what do you get? It's like um, in time or it might be silence. And, oh, and see, and so see, this is what. Yeah, that's, that's totally it. That's totally it. I, I believe God is the when, why and how. It's just he doesn't go according to our timeline. But he, we yes. do get an understanding about everything that is in our lives. I, do, I truly believe that. Um, may, may I get a little personal? Is that okay? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Because, um, one of the things I told you, I wasn't raised in a church and not being raised in a church. I'm not inundated with the thoughts of how church is supposed to be. I needed to know God. One of the reasons why I went to seminary, I was already licensed and ordained. I didn't need it. I wanted to know who God was. I wanted to read the Greek. I wanted to read the Hebrew. I wanted to know God for myself because the mm -hmm. things that were being preached to me didn't line up with what I was reading. And it bothered me. I was looking for answers. So I said, I'm going to pour into my spirit because I call myself a Christian. I need to understand what I believe and why I believe. Yes. The cliches did not work for me. Pray until something happens. Okay. Something already happened. And I, <laughs> frankly, I, I really don't care about what just happened right now, you know, or, or um, things that, things that we say, especially when someone dies, you know, they're in a better place. Uh-uh. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that right now. And your insensitivity, you know, your lack of empathy, your lack of, of, of love and understanding where I am. See, because the Bible says I, I become um, I, I become all things to, to that I may win one. I'm, I may be getting it twisted sometimes. Uh, but my point, my point is this. It's not that they need to understand me. It's that I need to understand them. Mm. See? And with the, the way we set up things, we're so busy telling people that we're not used to listening to what they're saying so that we can actually feed them what they need instead of what we feel they should have. Yes. A lot of times we get out of place and you talked about leadership. A lot of times we get out of place as leaders because we're not listening to what is needed so we can feed the sheep. We're mm -hmm. feeding them what we eat. We're feeding them from a level that we are on, that we have built with God, that they're not on. My goodness. It, you, you understand? So you're saying, okay, you need to do this. Um, you need to just pray. Okay, what does that look like? Yes, yes, Praying yes. Is asking. Praying is asking God, talking to God, asking God, what, what do I do in this situation? How did I get in this situation? And yes. not being afraid for, of the answer. See, we need to teach practically how to live so that when people ask us, we actually have an answer based upon what they have asked us. See, and not these these uh, canned responses that yes. are supposed to be OK, which was OK in your time. But, <laughs> but you know, God has given us a full treasury, you know, from the, from the leaders. And we're going to go to the leaders later, too. We're going to come back to them. But but the leaders have, you know, when you talk about the, the knowledge, uh, a, a, a more full treasury than 
um, the congregation has. And, and what, you know, what leadership is trying to do is to bring the congregation along. And, and I, I, I think about a dream that I had as the Lord was preparing me. And it was in, in it was like in a, in a large morgue, in a large cave. And there were just dead people on gurneys all around. But there was someone who stood next to me. He brought me in and he showed me. He had a knife and he put it, just a tip of something like ambrosia that, that you know, was in his hand. And he gave it, he just put the tip in it and, and he gave it to one person who was dead. And that person came to life. And he says, that's all you need. That's all you need. I'm giving you a lot more, but I want you to feed. But you have to be able to feed each one separately. Amen. I'm grieving this way because of that loss. But I might be grieving this way because of the loss to come, you know. And I'm looking at Pastor's comment because he says, you can only trust him and love him. Just trust God and love him. He said, God never told Job why he did what he did. Just that he was there all the time. So he didn't say, Job, you know, Satan wanted to, (laughs) you know, know, and, and I allowed it. He didn't go there, but he allowed him to go through the process and yet show him, you know, I was there with you. I'm there with you. That's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. What I'm saying is God does show us sometimes. God does show us. That's my point. So we, we can't just say God works like this and that's it. I'm saying when you open yourself up to grief and grieving with the most high God, there are ways that only he can minister to your spirit. You can't, it can't be just you getting it from the leaders or you getting it from other people. That is why it is important to go through the grieving process with the Lord, with Holy Spirit. Yes. Because Holy yes. Spirit knows the exact medicine, how much to give it and how, and for how long. At that time, yes. When you lay upon your bed, I, I've been close to death a couple of times, one after um, different surgeries or and I, I just had a, a, a horrendous accident where uh, my car was completely totaled. And yet, God, you, you yeah. understand? Yes. yes, yes so yes. when you come that close to death a couple of times, you begin to shed off some of the the things that would keep you from hearing God. Mm. It gets down to, like I said, the the bare the, the raw. Yeah. And, and then that is where I minister. I minister to people that are tired uh, and sick and tired of being sick and tired mm. of the same old. I, I minister to people that Holy Spirit has already been talking to and, and they are looking for the uh, validation and the confirmation that God is real and real in them and with them. My See, Lord, my Lord. We have to teach people how to be quiet with the Lord. And that's what I mean by you. If you get quiet with the Lord in your grief, he will explain to you why he's doing what he's doing in a way that you will comprehend it and your spirit will be healed. A lot of times we don't sit enough. I did an exercise today. Someone said that, um, they, they, they said something really that they, they really had some grief about and automatically the presenter was ready to move to the next thing. I said, can we just pause 30 seconds for that person? We couldn't last 10 seconds before someone had something to say. My God. And that's what I mean about understanding the level of grief someone is in. When you come into a place where someone has passed away, that person is in a better place. Um, another one. Um, God got another angel. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I haven't heard that one. That's interesting. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I wonder if your Facebook um, could just give you a nod on how many times or some kind of some kind of cue on how many times they've heard things like that. Uh, God, God has a, a better place for them. They're better off there. Any type of cliche that has been said to you when you were grieving or maybe. If you're honest, you said it because you didn't know what to say. 
to say amen. So this is where we want to, to move on because um, what I really would like is to look at it from different perspectives. Um, you, you know, one perspective of the one who is mourning, the other perspective is of, of um, the one who doesn't know what to say. You know, what can we do? And then the perspective from um, leadership. So speaking, uh, we were touching on the scriptures. Um, Jesus, uh, excuse me, um, Pastor Smith says, uh, Jesus on the cross, our answer why is our why answer. When we ask the question, you know, um, what did Jesus do? You know, it's, it's really what, what he has done um, for us. And I'm just trying to, to make sure I've got it. Sister Van Pelt says that it's true and it, it, it happened to her. She's, she, she's just, I'm there. I'm there, you know, it's a swan. Yes, yes, I'm there, I'm there, you know. But um, I, w I want to uh, take one scripture, which is um, Matthew chapter five, verse four. And um, from the Sermon of the, on the Mount, um, Jesus said, blessed are they that mourn, um, for they shall be comforted. Um, so in this case, we're talking about, because it could be mourning in different ways, but we're talking about mourning the loss and grieving over. That's, that's really our discussion. Um, but he says, um, blessed are they. And, you know, I know that a lot of us believe that that's not a blessing, okay? And, and maybe the, 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 the comment from Pastor Smith on Jesus on the cross, they will understand that it's a blessing. But do you believe that we see mourning as a blessing? And, and wait a minute, and I'm gonna tie that to the second uh, question, which would flip this around, um, as what do you see as some of the consequences if we do not grieve? Mm, 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 mm. Um, grieving as, is totally a blessing. Um, it allows you to cleanse. Mm. See, it, it is a exponentially powerful process of cleansing. Um, perfect example is when you are, and I, I keep saying going down to the primal level, you mm -hmm. know, one of the counseling terms is primal language. Primal language is what we call cussing. Okay. It's, uh, it's what Peter did. So uh, all the people, Alrighty. just calm yes. down, just calm down. I don't know him, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I might be kin to Peter more than I am to the other <laughs> Um, Because I deal with people that um, lose children to gunfire. I deal with mm. mothers. I, I deal with people that are screaming in the middle of the street. Okay. So when you deal with those types of losses and pain, there's no time to put on the makeup. Amen. Okay. Amen. And I think the church, the church's responsibility is to prepare a safe space for people to not come with their makeup on. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when we get to the point where we can understand that morning, you're going to cry and get that makeup off of you. You, you don't care anymore. Yes. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. Yes. See? Yes. Because now you look like what God has made you to look like. Mm. Now you are reflecting. Face. See, when you see mourning and grieving, as a consecrated act that God has made an appointment for you in his address book that says, I knew you were going to be in this much pain at this time. And I'm here waiting for you with my arms open. My Lord then Jesus. You see the blessing. See, see, then you see the blessing. My but until, Lord. Until you get to the point, and, and sometimes it, the hardest part is it takes us to get to that point where we feel that we have nothing else. Mm. That we didn't find out that we have everything in Christ. My Lord. And it's not, it's not a, it, it doesn't it become a anymore. When we go back and we read our scriptures in those grieving periods, that the word actually comes alive and we begin to understand the word in a, dip, a deeper level that is sustainable. Mm. 
without the facades, without the games that we play, without the uh, the the fake mirrors. Mm -hmm. We are just naked before Christ and unashamed because we know he is with us. Yes. You you understand? Yes. We we know he is with us. Yes. um, you, you, the other part of the, the consequences, they, they, what, what do you see? Because, you know, um, I think for people, grieving could be difficult, but it's what we know it's necessary. Um, yes. So what do we see as some of the consequences if we do not grieve? Because if we grieve, we know, we, we hear that we are blessed. You know, blessed are they that mourn. And I'm taking it very literally. So what are the consequences of not grieving? Okay, um, I, I'm going to say it in a threefold way. Mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. There are consequences. We'll yes. start with health. Health consequences. It has been proven that when you're when you're in a state that is, I'll call it a clogging. Okay, a clogging. You haven't grieved. You become bitter. You become angry. Mm. It it releases chemicals from your mind into your body. It creates sickness, stressors. You become more agitated. My Lord. You become less empathetic, callous even. My God. So that's going to affect your other relationships. Your, your, that's affecting the relationships in your home, how you, how you view people, um, how you um, put a time limit on somebody else's grief. Mm. Right? Yes. 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 You you haven't worked through the process of actually owning and and creating a sacred space for your grief. And when you do that, you create empathy for others to grieve as well. You become a safe place for somebody else. My Lord. When you don't grieve, you are not a safe place for somebody else. Yes. Yes. In fact, you become very judgmental. But but you know, you know what I'm thinking, and I might be getting ahead of myself. Go ahead. Uh, This might be a space that we're in right now. Because quite frankly, you know, when I started this this discussion, everybody knows somebody who has lost. If it's not within our own circle, we know someone. And so, um, you know, if this is coming to us with a one, two, three, four, five punch, okay? So I'm I'm still trying to to process what my, just happened. What just happened on my oh hallelujah, my God. And yet I've got you know, someone who has been depending on me, think of leadership, who has been depending on them all along. And and suddenly these people now are looking to you and you are still trying to process your own. See, okay, let me stop you right there because this is where it gets me very excited. This is why I love what I do, okay? Because (laughs) because that, that that leader, oh my gosh, that leader has the perfect opportunity to become bare before the congregation and to actually teach them how to grieve by the example and saying, hey, I don't have it together. I need you. But we, we're, we're afraid to come down. We're afraid to be vulnerable. But yes. in vulnerableness is where Holy Spirit resides. You understand? It's not that I am over you. It's not that you're over me. It's that we are, be, we are the body of Christ. Your pain does not negate you from the responsibilities of sharing your pain with the community in which you are growing. And we are all growing together. We just have certain positions. Okay. And I think that's what happens to a lot of leaders. They are, they are um, under the, the, the spotlight and the pedestal that the church and, and, and tradition has put put us under that we we can't be human my god that's what i love about david david was human yes. david grieved before god david there, 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 there's psalms where he said you know he was going through so much with people that he he didn't like in the in, in the war and he said listen i i he's praying for miscarriages yes. you know but we yes, oh, yes, my, yes. oh my goodness i'm a church person i can't think like that the thought can come it's what you do with it that, that defines Amen. Amen. 
You understand? It's yes. just, you say, oh Lord, I thought about this and this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to happen to my enemy. And this is why I wanted it because I was, uh, there was an injustice here. And because there's an injustice here, I, it made me feel this way. God says, thank you. I already knew. Give it to me. That's right. I'll take it from so, here. So, so when we deal with grief, so if somebody dies, we haven't dealt with our grief before the death happens. Wow. The injustices of relationships and how they function. So that when something else compiles upon that, we are then creating a perfect storm within ourselves to never heal. Mm. And, then, and then too, never allowing somebody else to heal around us. So because, I'm sorry, I was going to say, because we are, we are at the level, we are only at this level of our healing. And why should anyone be at any level that is, you know, that I can't comprehend because, you know, it is that this is all I know. I know what I know. And I know that this is the level that we should be at. That's our level of healing. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to make sure I understand what you're saying. Uh-huh. So when we have a, a certain level of healing, on that level of healing is the capacity to which we can minister. Yes. Okay. So, yes. and that puts no element. Listen to this. This is what's so wonderful about Holy Spirit. That's what's so important about having Holy Spirit grieve the process with you because you can be at a level two in your grieving process, mm-hmm. but because he is almighty, he's mm-hmm. at level thousand he's out of this world so if you are pliable to him so it doesn't matter what level of grief you have found yourself on if you are open and open to the process of holy spirit coming into those dirty nasty places those dirty nasty thoughts and allowing yourself to be bare before him then he will he will fix the gap you understand that's That's right that's it because no one is everything yes but that See? takes a level of humility. Oh, oh, here we go. See, I don't know. See, and, and now that that's why I, I equate most things to the level of loss. Because if I have an issue with my self-esteem, then humility is an issue for me. And if humility is an issue for me, I have an issue with Holy Spirit when he tells me to humble myself. And it oh, may yeah. be it may be through a member that we feel does not have the position to talk to us. It may be through a, um, a, a subordinate at work that we feel, you know, I'm your director and you shouldn't talk to me. You see, mm-hmm. see, all of that goes into how you begin to grieve because of all the previous losses that you have had. Nobody's going to talk to me that way. When I get into this position, I'm going to be like this and nobody's going to. That's, that's from a loss that happened probably when you were a kid and somebody said something really nasty to you and you, God wants to deal with that and dig it up and get you, get, get you free of it. And you're saying, well, it would happen when I was a kid. It doesn't matter anymore. Yes, it does. It does. Because it does. You're still thinking about it right now. Yes. Somebody, yes. Uh, uh, see if your Facebook friends are, uh, uh, understand what I'm saying about childhood losses that you still feel in your life and you can still see, see the evidence of them today. Yes. Yeah. I have one person, sister Brenda Daniel, and she's asking a question. She okay. said, is there grief within every incident in your life and throughout all your life from your childhood? If you don't deal with it. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Absolutely. And, and, and you, and she probably knows the answer already because it, it's, it's a confirmation. It's a confirmation because Holy Spirit is already dealing with you with it. And once you start to deal with some of the things, you begin to change who you are and become, become transformed by the renewing of your mind mm-hmm. into the kingdom principle person that God is calling you to be, that you Amen. can become all things to all men because now you're, hum- you're humble enough so God say, do, do, when God says, do this, you can say, I don't know how to do this, but Lord, I'm going to do it. I'm you know, gonna, I'm yes, going to do it. Yes. You know, it, it, yes. it, it, it reminds me of when I lost my mother, but I am going to go to visit um, her because she lost her mother. Even though I did, I haven't dealt with that grief. God is opening you up. Oh God, hallelujah. I'm telling you, it is a beautiful process. It is painful, but after a while you begin to understand how he is not just breaking, he's massaging you and massaging 
emptying your heart and making it become a flesh like he wants it. God has to give you that heart because the world has piled on us all types of things from all over the place. That's how the enemy works. He yeah. works to overwhelm us. He works so that this person died and then this person died and then you see it in media, then you see it on the streets, you see it and, and, and we get bombarded. And you have to take the time to say, hold on, mm. Lord, what are you saying in this? Some of us need to journal so bad. We need to talk to God. We need to write out our questions before God and date them and see how he answers them. That's right. Go on back and, so, and review. Yes. yes. So we know that, am I important to you, God? Do you see me, Lord? Because my mother didn't see me. My siblings didn't see me. My teachers didn't see me. Do you see me? And now with this pandemic, oh my goodness, this is a, this is, um, this is holy sacred time. Yeah. This is, this is definitely holy sacred time. God is preparing his, his body to come home. He's looking for not a spot or a wrinkle. He means that, you know, he's going for those things that have been torturing you all your life. And now is the season and grief is the answer. It's not a shameful thing to grieve. That's the other thing. You're not being appreciative of what you have. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm very appreciative of what I have and I'm hurting. And I think the church's responsibility to creating a safe place for people to say, yes, this is wonderful over here. I got five things over here and I'm crying about five things over here. And I'm putting them together because I'm a whole person. I don't live in a dichotomy where I'm always here. And then when I get with this person, I'm this way. And when I get with this person, I'm that way. No, I'm a whole yes. person. Yes. Yes. Whole person. Yes. That, that becomes schizophrenia after a while. And, and that's where the blessing is. See, the yes. blessing is becoming one with yourself. That's right. That's it. That's the blessing. Praise God. I just want to let you know that um, all I'm getting is some amens and yes, and <laughs> that's right. And talk about it, doctor. So <laughs> keep on talking. Okay. I think we have about 13 minutes in the broadcast, but I think what we've been doing is, is looking at it from different perspectives anyway. Um, you know, but I, I just because we touched on leadership, you know, we touched on the one who's mourning as opposed to the one who is who is coming alongside and um, and comforting. But I, I want to go back for a minute, because when um, when Jesus says um, in that same Matthew five and four, that blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. And I note that that word comforted is translated in Greek as parakaleo, um, right, which is the paraclete, and, and recognizing that, you know, we're speaking about Holy Spirit, but we also recognize that he uses people also to be able to, uh, you know, to, to affect this, uh, this healing, you know, yes. within us. So the question is, if we have that part to play to be that comforter, to the mourner, to walk alongside, because that's what we're doing. Okay, um, what would that be? How 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 can we accomplish this without acting? You know, obviously clueless, um, as in uh, you know the platitudes we talked about. You know, turn it over to the Lord. You know, things like that. Let me give you a scripture. Throwing a scripture here. So that, I guess what my question then, uh, the bottom line would be. Um, how can we be an effective personal support system to our brothers and sisters? Um, and, and really, we can say also to our non-believers who are going through. Sure. Yeah. You know, sure. Some, just, just some ways that we can. Okay. Um, first, I'm going to start with something you mentioned earlier that you wanted to touch on when you don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes that's the best thing not to say or to say, I don't know what to say. Yes. One of the other things that I think is extremely important is to ask the griever what they need from you. How about that? You don't have to figure it out. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Actually asking them, what, what can I do for you? You know, um, one of the things that we forget about is being vulnerable. 
You don't have to have the answers. God is the one that is in control, not you. Yeah. He's the one that has to send the comforter. Comforter, a paraclete is someone who comes alongside us. We have the one who comes alongside us and he is the one that comes alongside them. Let God do his work. Yes. You don't have to do yes. God's work for him. He's yeah. Praise, <laughs> God. Praise God. Praise God. I think that's what we, we mess up and we, and then we we're trying so hard, you know, because no one was there for us or we just want to be a blessing to someone or we just want to show them that we love them. And yeah. sometimes it just, it's just sitting with someone, you know, yeah. Joe's friends after they finished, you know, doing their little thing, you know, and yeah. telling him what, what he could have did wrong after a while, they just got quiet and just sat. And sometimes we need to just sit with people, just be present. Just well, be even- even at the beginning, I recognize that um, in Job 2 and 13, is the, they sat with him for seven days and seven nights. They said nothing. No one spoke a word until they opened their mouth. Yeah. And that's why after, after that, I naturally assumed that when, when they finished with their things that they had to say. Yes, 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 yes. Pastor Smith says Job's friends were at their best. When they were silent, <laughs> oh, I think, I think we, we're going to have to do the same. Okay. Minister Moon says, listen to the person. So we're talking about strategies now. Yes. You know, yes. just listen to the person, but they open their mouths. And, and for us, I do believe that we have, um, we have something to learn from the scriptures. You know? Yes. I, I think, you know, um, uh, there, there's so many scriptures about being silent, practicing yes. silence. Yes. And if you don't know how to do that, meditate, get quiet on the word. Just yes. read one scripture, one scripture, go to a Psalm or a proverb and read it and get quiet. Take out a, a, a notebook and just get quiet and, and, and listen to what Holy Spirit tells you about that one scripture. That's practicing how to be quiet in a moment where you don't know what to do. And, and we also have to drown out um, the external noises. Because but that's what meditation is. See, yes. Drown, meditation drown is. out. I, I mean, and I'm talking about even physically. Turn off the TV. You know, shut down your Facebook. Because you know every time you hear a ding, you're looking to see who's doing what. Let yes. it go. Let it go. So that we can come into that. Um, so let me let me give a little something on that because see that could cause grief for some people too and anxiety <laughs> because because our Facebook and our phones have become our friends they have become our loved ones see so yeah. for those who are in that position see I see grief on so many different levels I see it at, you know I, I I see it all the time and so one of the things that you can do is literally cut your phone off for two minutes. And in that two minutes, just dedicate to yourself. They'll get, they'll be there when you pick up the phone and then you can turn it back on to start to wean yourself off of these electronics. And, and, and especially with COVID being um, the way it is now, we, we, we need to connect. We need to talk to people. We are made to touch. We are made to hug and love each other. So some of those elements are going into uh, people that are, are having suicidal thoughts right now. Okay. And I'm talking about saints. Okay. I'm talking about the saints of the most high God. that are are grieving touch that are grieving uh laughter grieving the fellowship okay so this is to me when i think about this topic which is my everyday life this is life or death literally literally so um one of the other things is uh that i wanted to make sure i said was it's okay to be clueless yes true it's okay it's okay it's okay to not know what you are doing and, and to let somebody know, I don't know what I'm doing. It, and then opening and availing yourself, becoming vulnerable. And that opens an opportunity for them to know it's safe for them to be vulnerable with you Amen. and tell you what they need. Amen. I have but a couple of comments. I don't want to, uh, to okay. lose them. Um, and I, I, I want to go to uh, Sister Brenda again. She said, she asked, and, and maybe we can't respond right now. Is grief placed in boxes of believers and unbelievers? Okay. 
Um, that's one. And then my brother Charles, he says, Rosemary, his wife, he says that I should pray for them immediately. He says that is comforting. So, you know, we, we, we've been talking about grief. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We've been talking about grief. Um, and we, we prayed at the beginning, you know, but, yes. but we've got to, because I, I, I know we have another. Let's seal it. Let's seal it. Close, yes, close it off with yes. that. And if it means um, that later on we um, we'll have to come back with another session, or we can continue this discussion on Facebook because it's there. We can respond to comments. Um, I I'm happy to do that. But definitely, um, I'm going to ask you to go first, and then I will go so that we can close off the broadcast with okay. um, prayer as 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 the Spirit of the Lord leads us. Amen. Okay. okay. Thank you, my sister. Thank you for being here. Go right ahead. Okay. Daddy, Papa, oh, hallelujah. Lord, great and almighty God, thank you for making us human. You could have made us anything, but you made us with these human feelings and these human emotions. And Lord, sometimes we feel overwhelmed with them. And just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was overwhelmed with his, we will say that will be done. Lord, as we go through our Garden of Gethsemane, we're asking that you give us the strength to know, to be, and to hold on to who you are making us into. Show us what it is you require of us in the grief. Teach us how to grow in the grief. Every day you said it, 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 it is some trouble and not to think about what's going to happen to tomorrow because you knew that each and every day we would have to face something. We're not home yet. And when we get home, we won't have to worry about this. But until we get home, yes, Lord. until we see your face, we have to deal with grief. We have to deal with loss. Lord, I'm asking that you create a palette for us to begin to stomach how to receive Holy Spirit's guidance so that we can go through this process of grieving and let it be a blessing. Let it generate the, 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 the strength and the joy that we need to know that these are just moments that are sacred to you. And let us hear the call and to run to you swiftly in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, hey, whoa. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, my Lord. I know that this was ordained by you, Father God. I know it was. I know it. I know it. And we don't know why it was ordained at this time, for this time, to bring this group of people together for this discussion, Lord. But Lord, I thank you. I thank you for arming each and every one of us with what we needed, Lord, in order to go through, because this is a process that has not stopped for us, Lord. Oh, Lord, we need your help, Lord. We need your help, Lord. We know that someone might even, you know, as we leave this, this place, might hear of something else, another loss, another death, another set of mourning. But I ask you, Lord, as, as we go forward in this in this broadcast, Lord, to continue to touch each and every one of my brothers and sisters who are on this broadcast and those who will listen, who will listen to the rebroadcast, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to show them, show them that you are still there, that no matter what, oh, hallelujah, no matter whether they do not hear you or they think they don't hear you, no matter what, whether they are there too, too, um, hindered by things that are around them, Lord. We're asking you, Lord, to put your mighty loving hand on each and every one of us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. Give us that peace that would be able to create that bubble of silence all around us, that we may hear you, Holy Spirit, that we may hear you loud and clear, because you are mightier than the noise of many waters. We thank you for 
for it, Lord. And we give you the honor, the glory, hallelujah, the glory and the praise in the name of Jesus. Bless, yes. Lord, bless each and every one of us in this circle, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Touch, touch, touch. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And you know, I'm going to ask you whether we can come back and do this again. Absolutely. Absolutely. There again, if we can. And I think <laughs> what my brother was saying was one of the points that he was making about praying was that he's, he's my, he's my brother, my blood brother. And um, he knows that if anything goes wrong and someone says, pray for me, I do it immediately. You know, don't, don't wait. We can't wait. So my brothers and sisters, don't wait. You never know what's going to happen between now and the next time that we meet. So love you much. I love you much. And thank you for your comments. And we're going to continue this discussion. Thank you, Dr. Nicole. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hallelujah. We give you the honor, glory, and praise, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God bless you family. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.